this uh, little paragraph today. Um, we're coming in new structure. We're coming to the end of the of the trip that he's making up to Jerusalem. Okay. And so in the next couple of weeks, we're we're going to see our people responding to what Jesus is talking about. I mean, this is why he's here. God has come to visit his people in Jesus. And the question is, are we going to pay attention to what's going on? Um, he enters a, a, a village today, and there are uh, lepers. Uh, they say they, they come out here, but they can't come too far, right? Because in that time, lepers couldn't come into the public areas. Um, except uh, a person would go around and say, lepers, lepers, and to warn everybody what was going on because they thought that the skin disease was contagious. And leprosy here can mean all kinds of skin diseases. It's interesting because uh, if you read all kinds of commentaries and everybody's kind of backing away from really bad leprosy, well, this may just be some, you know, Scleroderma or something like that. But obviously that's not the case. Okay. Because these people have separated themselves from the community of Israel. So when you had something like leprosy, you were um, you were outcast. You were outcast. And you were you were sent away. Now they would hang around the villages so that they could receive food and stuff like that, but they couldn't enter the villages. They were they were unnoticed people, which is when Luke says Jesus saw them. That's a really important thing. Jesus doesn't want to leave us in the darkness. Jesus doesn't want to leave us isolated. Jesus comes and he finds us. He sees us. Uh, the main verse in, in Luke is Luke 19.10. We're going to come up to that. We're coming up. This is chapter 17, so just a couple chapters away is the main verse. <coughs> For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. <coughs> so Jesus um, is fulfilling God's desire in that he comes among us seek us out and, and to tell us there's a different way to go about life. So he's in this town today. He sees these lepers from afar. Now, they recognize him. We don't know if they really think he's a prophet or what, what, what exactly. It doesn't go into a lot of information about that. But they certainly are calling out to him. And because Jesus is here, and Jesus is God's agent, Jesus says, go show yourselves to the priest. Now there can only be one reason to do that, and that's because they've been healed. Um, but in, this, in their going, it is in their going when they obey Jesus' words that they are healed. Amen? Amen. 
perfectly okay for for you to yell out something, okay? Amen. So Jesus, so in their going, they are healed. When they when they obey, the little bit of faith that they have, the hope that they place in Jesus, Jesus help us. Go show yourself to the priests. And in their going, they are healed. Now, I don't know about you, but every time I read this passage, I think of the movie Ben-Hur. <laughs> when uh, Jesus is, is, has taken his cross and is on his way to uh, Calvary, and his shadow passes the family of Ben-Hur who have been in separated from the community and in a leper colony. They, they've told Ben-Hur, you can't come visit us. We're just, it's like we're dead. Don't, don't worry about us. Just, we're, we're out there. And, um, but people are bringing them food and things like that. But for some reason, they end up uh, in marching as, as Jesus is, is on his way to Calvary, they end up seeing that and his uh, shadow passes over and then And then they, they sense something and then they realize they've been healed. The sores that they had on their hands and on their face and in their body have gone away. Now Jesus has come into this world to heal us Amen. From, from the problems that the world has. Not just physical diseases, but mental and spiritual issues. And all kinds of stuff. And Jesus has that power to do that. Do you believe that? Good. So I don't know why these commentators are worried about what degree of leprosy these people have. Because if they have just 20% of leprosy or 98% of leprosy, Jesus is here to heal it all. Amen? Amen. And he's capable of doing that. And that means that we've entered a new period of life. That means that the world is different than before Jesus came. God is doing something. He's doing it in Jesus. And, and Jesus is hoping people are paying attention. But we're not always sure. Even the disciples that are with Jesus all this way in his journey to Jerusalem don't seem to understand what's going on. So I want you folks not to leave today not understanding what's going on. Jesus is here to heal, but he's also here to save. Now our translation doesn't bring that out very well. Because um, it makes it sound like uh, only talking about the physical healing. 
But what happens as these lepers are on their way to show themselves to the priest? What happens? Being like somebody realizes, whoa, whoa, I don't have any sores anymore. What had to be on their arms? Everything else is covered up, like the bishop. Had to be on their arms. They don't have mirrors. In, in those days, they'd use a piece of bronze or something like that to kind of get an idea of what's going on. That they put makeup on and stuff like that. But these four lepers don't have anything like that. They must see what's going on based on what's happening on their arms. And one turns back. One turns back to to go to Jesus and to thank him and, and to worship him. Now, I believe that all our mission and all our evangelism is for one purpose. It's to help others understand who Jesus is so that sets them free to worship him. Amen? Amen. So, the the point of all mission and the point of all evangelism is true worship. Because we live in a world that worships all kinds of other stuff. We worship material things um, and uh, lots of material things. And, and did I say material things? <laughs> Um, and that pulls us away from the true worship. We should be doing God and Jesus. Now, what's fascinating is so one realizes that because of Jesus' words, because of their request, and then Jesus' words, and their obedience to begin to go and see the priest, that they've been healed. They've been healed. And one turns back. And he comes back to Jesus, and he's very thankful, and in the Middle East, worship is done in a physical manner. Now, some of our low church Anglicans don't believe that. And they try to figure out how we can have worship of God just by using our brains. But you can't worship God just by using your brains. And the leper coming back to Jesus, what, what does he do? What happens today? What happens? What does he do? He falls on his face. So, so he's not fainting. He's worshiping. He's worshiping Jesus. The same thing that the, that the kings do when they come to worship the baby Jesus. They will bow down before him. Now, this is Eastern Christianity. The Eastern folks are always doing all kinds of stuff. Bowing and kneeling and kissing and all kinds of stuff. But that's okay. They're, they're not gringos like we are. Okay. We like we worship 
pretty much straight up and down. And maybe we might bow the knee now and then in a very, very dignified way. This guy loves Jesus. And he's so thankful to Jesus that he just, I don't know, maybe starts kissing his feet. Just, it's just so thrilled that Jesus has taken the stigma away from him and healed him. And now he can be integrated back into the community. So this is a benefit. This is a benefit of the age that we live in, the age of Jesus. That people who have been in difficult straits, who have been in sin, and that can be integrated back into the community. They can be healed. Because we believe in the power that Jesus has to do that. They can then be integrated back in the community. And what's interesting, Jesus says, rise. So Jesus realizes this guy is there. So there's a scene going on. He says, rise. Your faith has saved you. Now because the age that we live in, grace is being poured out all the time. By God to all kinds of people, to everyone. God is in the business of seeking after everyone. From the Son of Man, came to see and to save the lost. The Samaritan, ah, it's a Samaritan. Interesting. Interesting, because Luke is also concerned that not just Jews understand that this Christ event is not just for little Israel, but this is for the world. God's love and God's heart is that everyone in the world, Jew and Gentile, would know him, would come to him, would worship him, and would have a relationship with him. Interesting. So we see, we see healing. We see a restoration that these lepers are going to have into the community. Whereas before they had to beg for food, they could now come back into the community and work and help others. We see a Samaritan who is a, a nasty fellow, according to Jews. And outside is a farmer, even though they live close by, a farmer who is worthy to receive the love of God. And God is interested in sharing his love with everyone. And this one <laughs> comes back to worship the Lord, and the Lord says, rise your faith has saved you. Based on the return of the Samaritan, based on the worship that he gives Jesus, Jesus is saying, you have salvation. You have salvation. You have salvation because you're trusting what God has done 
through me, through Jesus. That's different than just a healing. That's different than just a grace poured out earlier on all ten. This is rock bottom stuff. This is the true stuff. The Samaritan will be forever in the presence of God, worshiping God in spirit and in truth. Amen. Remember, Jesus in John talks about worshiping in spirit and truth to a Samaritan woman. This Samaritan has it. Has it. Because he has returned and thanked the Lord and recognized, interestingly, um, do you think there's a play here between the priests that are appointed versus Jesus, the priest? Um, the Samaritan returns to Jesus, the priest. Wow. All kinds of stuff going on. Just in this little, little thing. So what are we supposed to be doing? Well, the first thing that we need to be doing is stop worshiping other gods. Quit. That'll be hard because everybody's everybody's got a piece of the action. Everybody's got a piece of the action. We need to develop our relationship with Jesus. That is developed through worship. Amen. Not just Sunday worship, although this is really good stuff. Praise the Lord. Incense and all that kind of stuff. Praise the Lord. But our own personal worship, daily worship, and daily relationship with Jesus. We need to develop that. And we need to live, therefore, as the Samaritan lived, as somebody who is trusting in what God has done through Jesus not through the things that we do. And I'm not asking us today to begin to try to trust the things that we can do. I'm just asking us to, to go deeper into our relationship with Jesus. Go deeper. go deeper. And at this time, I don't know if you noticed, but there's a lot of issue of faithfulness today in our readings today and are going are gonna to come out in the next couple weeks. Does anyone have faith when the Lord returns? Does anyone have faith? Are we really trusting the Lord Jesus for our salvation? Or are we trusting doctors? Or are we trusting our IRAs? Oh, I don't think we trust those anymore. That's just a, that's just a financial hint this morning. Free. I don't think we can trust those Are we, trust, are we trusting that President Trump is going to be able to clean the swamp? I don't think we can put our trust there. What, what, where, where is our trust? You see, we've, we've, developed, we've developed wrong perspectives. We've put our trust in all kinds of things, in medicines, in, in doctors, in who are, who are great, great 
faith and we're not trusting the one whom we should trust. Lord Jesus says, when the Son of Man comes, will we find faith on the earth? That's a question. That's a great question. That's a great question. We cannot put our trust in any earthly person or And if that's the case, why are we worried about holding on to all this stuff? Why? When it can be used to extend the kingdom of God. We had an unbelievable prophecy at the at New Wineskins two weeks ago. The prophecy was you send your 18-year-olds off to fight wars in foreign countries. But you will not send them off to be missionaries. You love your country more than my kingdom. You love your country more than my kingdom. Where are our eyes? Where are our eyes? If we are trusting in God, who gives us everything we need, health, <coughs> restoration, um, ethnic notoriety, salvation. Why can't we live? Why can't we live unto the Lord? Why can't we give things away? Why can't we see who is in need and help them? Well, because we're putting our trust in other things. And that prevents us. because of freedom and liberty has allowed all kinds of people to do whatever they want. Come up with all kinds of designs and cures. Fascinating. But we've lost the focus of the kingdom. All this fascinating stuff that's around us No. Oh. 
So the new age is here, the new age in Jesus. The question is for us. Will we put our trust in Him?